Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Welcome back to our Proclaim podcast. I'm here again with Michael Hall, a missionary with CCO and author of Intentional Accompaniment. And if you've been with us over the last few episodes, uh, you'd know that Michael and I have had a number of conversations around the principles of intentional accompaniment, whether it's through uh, understanding the thresholds of conversion, understanding conversion itself, uh, and accompanying others as they begin to grow in their missionary discipleship, their walk with the Lord and their response to the mission to go and make disciples. Uh, I have a treat th- uh, today. It's just a pleasure for me uh, because Michael is here with me physically. Our previous episodes have been over Zoom, uh, just because Michael is in Ottawa, where he and his family live. Uh, but he's a BC native. He's got family here, and uh, I stole him away for a few few moments so that we can do this podcast together in person. So thanks so much, Michael, for making the time. I literally walked off the plane and into Eric's office. Yeah, I took him right away. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But it's so good to be here. It's good to be back home. Um, First time since the pandemic, so it's been a while. Yep. Um, It's good to be home. It's good to be here with you. Yeah. It's good to get a chance to actually connect and and have a conversation, not over Zoom. I mean, we're all used to Zoom now, but uh, being coming back to physical interaction, social interaction. I I told you this earlier. I've almost forgotten how to socialize with real people. So that's all new. And uh, when this episode comes out, we don't know where uh, our diocese is going to be, whether it's uh, in another COVID lockdown or if we're beginning to open up. We are praying fervently that uh, we will be able to open up together. We are meant to, to live in community and we miss our friends, our family, our parish communities, our pastors. And, and really, when we think about the topic of the day, the topic of intentional accompaniment, it has to do with people. Absolutely. And it has to do with our interaction with people. So today we're going to focus in on another topic of intentional accompaniment. And uh, Michael, I think I've heard you talk about this particular topic as like the preeminent skill of intentional, of, of focusing in on intentional accompaniment, and it's called prophetic listening. So what is prophetic listening? Yeah, and you're right. Like we do refer to this as, yeah, like the, the preeminent, the premier skill that you need to be able to intentionally accompany people. Um, and that's because intentional accompaniment is, it's not about our plans. It's not about what do I want to do or what do I think I should do with this person? How do I help them grow? It's about the Lord's plan. That Ultimately, it's about what is Jesus doing in their life right now? So a simple way of thinking about prophetic listening is just simply to say, Jesus, what are you up to in this person's life? And what do you want me to do about it? How do you want me to help? If you, if, if you want to kind of break it down to its most basic thing, it's just us asking the Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And that flows from a basic understanding that our God is personal and that he speaks to us. And I think we all believe that you know, in our personal prayer lives, you know, we believe that we can sit down and we can hear from God. Um, maybe we believe that as we go into the scriptures that he'll speak to us. Um, we talk a lot about that with things like vocational discernment. You know, we say, go and, you know, hear from the Lord, do an Ignatian discernment retreat, uh, you know, use his, his rules for discernment so that you can figure out, you know, if you're called to religious life or to the married life or et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of us, we kind of we understand that, we know that, but then prophetic listening is just taking that concept and extending it out and saying, if the Lord is calling you into mission, 
He's calling you into ministry and maybe even calling you to particular people. And we know that he has a plan for those people. And we know that he speaks to us personally. Doesn't it make sense that if he wants you to help a person move in a particular direction that he wants them to move, that he would let us in on the plan to give us something to help us know what's the next step? So one of the things that can get a little bit tricky is that we call it prophetic listening. And so then it can sound like we're saying, well, actually, we're like soothsayers. You know, like we know the future of this person. God's going to unveil everything that this person's life is going to be. And of course, that's not the case. Um, it's much more prophetic in the sense that we are hearing truth from God, and now it's our job to act and to speak um, the truth that we hear, which is a more proper Catholic understanding of the word prophetic. It's not predicting the future. It's just hearing from the Lord and then doing something about it, whether it's you know, hearing you know, in your own life, but even more often it's, it's about speaking that word or, spe- or doing that thing that the Lord is prompting. Right. That's a little bit hard to swallow and maybe comprehend, Michael. And uh, I think because some of the examples of hearing God that I think of are kind of extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think of Moses in the burning bush or Joseph in his dreams. Um, These examples are a little bit extraordinary. Uh, They don't happen to me. I'm not walking down my neighborhood and seeing a burning bush and thinking, well, there's the voice of God. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should listen. Like, I'm looking for the nearest hose, and I'm calling nine one, you know, nine one one or whatever it is. Or if I'm getting some random dreams, like sometimes I actually just, you know, I don't really think much of it, or, um, you know, or, or I'm unable to tie it into like hearing God. So when mm-hmm. we're when we're um, trying to understand this idea that God can speak to us in our everyday life, and uh, in particular with our missionary discipleship in our desire to want to reach other people and hearing God uh, in what he wants for them, uh, let's get right down to like the nitty-gritty, the, the mm-hmm. very practicals of, um, of what prophetic listening is. Because I think as we unlay, uh, open this up for our listeners, um, my hope is that like the, the practical skills of this could almost like begin to give our listeners a sense of confidence that God can speak to us in our in, in our everyday lives and in, in very like specific moments, and that we can hear and know uh, what He wants, not only of us but of the people that we get to accompany. So, um, let's talk about some of the specific skills of prophetic listening and how that can play out in our intentional accompaniment. So, the first thing I'll mention is just you know, in your point of like. In a sense, they're saying like, "Well, I'm not a prophet. I'm not Moses. I'm mm. not Isaiah. I'm not Jeremiah." Like we have people that we've labeled prophets. And you're going, well, I'm not one of them. And yeah, that's, that's true. You're probably not a prophet like Isaiah. Um, you know, you're not called to, to write scripture uh, in, in that sort of way. Um, but all of us are called to the prophetic office. That's, you know, part of the priest, prophet, and king is what we're baptized into. So if you are a baptized Catholic, then you actually are a prophet. Like you are called to the prophetic office. And again, that prophetic office means hearing from the Lord and speaking his truth, hearing truth from the Lord and speaking his truth, and speaking that out into the world, um, which really kind of boils down to what we do in evangelization, that we are, we're speaking about the truth of the Lord, and what we're doing is we're just taking it a step further and saying, not only does God have generic truth, 
that everybody, you know, that we receive through the Bible, which, you know, that might, maybe it sounds a little bit off when you're talking about the Bible. It's just generic, but in the sense of like, it's general, it's for everyone. It's it's generally accessible. Um, But that actually he's going to speak into your particular life, into your particular circumstances and the particular people you're working with to help you go forward. So yeah, we have four skills that we've outlined on how to do this. Um, And again, this just comes from the experience of uh, particularly in our CCO context, working with university students, but we've seen it play out in, in a lot of different contexts where we're working with people. So it's not just something you do on a university campus. It is, I think, a universally applicable skill uh, to, to be prophetically listening. So we've got these four skills that we'll talk about, that we first need to build rapport, and then we survey, we zoom in, and then we strengthen. Mm-hmm. Before we jump right into those skills, something that you said about the kind of the generic or general truth that we know of um, of God uh, can apply to all of us, uh, but in unique situations, there can be some things that we want to be able to hear God uh, in order to give some direction to. The quote, the evangelization quote that comes to mind right away for me is, uh, witness of life sooner or later needs to give way to the word, the word of life, mm-hmm. and there's no true evangelization Oh man, I'm paraphrasing. There's no true evangelization if the life, death, and resurrection and the teachings of Jesus Christ are not proclaimed. Yeah. And that's a that's a generic truth. We know that God wants all of us, every one of uh, of us to be in relationship with him, with his son Jesus, and that the proclamation of the gospel would be shared with with all people. How we get there uh is where the nuances start to come into play. That's right. And the relationship as you said uh, in building rapport and understanding the people, uh, that's where kind of like the, I guess the prof- the more personal prophetic listening starts to come into play. So it's not like we're trying to figure out, is this a person supposed to know Jesus? The answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this person going to find fulfillment in knowing our Heavenly Father? Yes. Uh, does this person have at their capacity you know, if they're baptized, confirmed uh, Christians, Catholics, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit to fulfill their mission as God is calling them to. Yes. Um, how do we know to get like that particular person uh, in their particular circumstance with what they're wrestling in their life, within their relationships, with uh, their own fears and f- uh, failures and, uh, and skills and charisms? Like all those things start to play into that more particular personal prophetic listening, which is where we, we can dive into these four uh, personal skills to help us know what God is doing in their life and what God's doing in our life and what God is doing in our relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it is it's, yeah, it's getting down into that, that next step. It's, it's, yeah, it's not about like, is there, uh, is there truth that they need revealed for them? I mean, all people need all truth revealed to them and it will come in, you know, in spurts and that sort of thing. Um, but this is really getting down to like, Lord, I know you're up to something in this person's life. What's the next step I can help them take? What are you asking me to do right now with regards to helping this person take one step forward towards you? And that's where it gets beyond kind of just, yeah, everybody needs to know Jesus. But okay, when I'm looking at George, what, I'm, what is George's barrier? What is the thing I can, what's the next step I can help him take? Um, and we're, Instead of just trying to figure that out on our own, we're saying, Lord, you already know, and you're already working on it, so what do I need to do to help? How can I help you with what you're already doing? 
Yeah, that gives me a lot of confidence because then I know God's in charge. Exactly. And that's yeah. the whole point of prophetic listening yeah. is that God is in charge, yeah. that it's his plan for this person. It is not my plan for what I want this person to know or to see or how I want them to grow. The Lord is the owner of the plan. Yeah. The Lord is the relationship is between the person and the Lord primarily. Yeah. And I'm helping to facilitate that as a missionary, yeah. as somebody working in ministry. But ultimately what I'm doing is I'm looking to the Lord and saying, what are you doing and how can I help? Yep. Very good. Well, let's dig right into, into these four skills. You've named them. Let's start with the first, building rapport. So what does that mean, building rapport? So what we can think of this, like let's picture ourselves, say you're at a, an event at your parish, or it could even be like after Sunday mass or something like that, um, and you see someone you don't know. And so now you're looking going, okay, how can I help this person that I don't know take the next step forward in faith? On your own, you have no idea what that person might need, what they, you know, but the, these skills will help us kind of turn our hearts to the Lord, but also practically take steps forward in the conversation. So the first is to build rapport. That means you have to go and make a connection with a person. So if this is a person you already have an existing connection with, this step is perhaps really easy uh, because... There, there isn't much rapport that needs to be built. But in the context of this new person who shows up to a parish event that you've never met before, um, you need to take some steps and build some trust with this person, which goes back to our, you know, the stages that we talk about you know, uh, before conversion. We, we start with trust and we try to engage that person in a relationship. So building rapport is really just that. It's, it's chit-chat. It's, it's just getting to, but it's, it's doing it with a purpose. It's not just... Like, oh, nice day out. You could start with that, but you want to use that to springboard to trying to get to know this person. Um, so ultimately, building rapport, just building that that connection play, uh, piece and that ability then to have a, a conversation. So it can be, uh, the, the common thing that you can do, right, in this is you introduce yourself to somebody and then move on because you feel like, well, now I've done my part. I've I've said hello. I've introduced my name. Um, said, you know, it's great that you're here. And then you move on to another conversation. Uh, so you've taken a little step in building rapport, but you haven't got anything further. And now that person's just kind of left going, well, I met someone, but nothing happened. Right. Okay. Tying this into a prayerful disposition, um, what I'm hearing is uh, you might be prompted to meet someone after Mass, whether it's a new face or a familiar face or whomever it is, but the intention behind it is I'm going to build a rapport and based on what they say to me, and maybe what I do is I take that into prayer later uh, as a moment, uh, what's the Holy Spirit saying based on what they said? So I go to a friend after Mass and I, how was your weekend? And we get to talk and they say a bunch of things. That is meaningful information. Mm-hmm. It's meaningful um, by way of what's going on in their life. Uh, but it also builds that connection that I'm, I am genuinely concerned and not concerned, but I guess like more, yeah, I'm interested in, in how life is shaping up to be. But at the same time, what they are saying is also how God can communicate what is going on in their life and how and what I hear is like helping me understand what God is wanting me to do in that situation. Exactly. And so like, if I'm looking like, I'm going to go back to the parish event example. And so somebody shows up to this parish event, maybe it's a a talk that's being hosted. Um, You can do the, hi, how are you? uh, Nice to meet you sort of thing. And that's all good. We need to start there. But then you want to start to to 
build, and this will start kind of moving into the next skill, which is to survey, that you start asking intentional questions. So, you know, you might say something like, I, I don't think I've ever seen you before at one of these events. Like, are you a member of the parish or do you come to these things often? Or is this the first time for you? You've opened the door for that person to start giving you information so that you can understand them better. Mm-hmm. But always, and, and you can, at this point, it probably just sounds like active listening, right? But the, the prophetic dimension is that you're always calling on the Holy Spirit in the midst of this. And saying, Lord, what do you need me to hear in this moment? Make something stand out to me. Help this person be able to share something with me so that I can get a better understanding of what you are doing and, and what the next step can be for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you can start asking those questions that, uh, you know, just even say it's at the end of the talk, like, well, yeah, how, how did you find the talk? What, what made you interested to come to it? You know, it's just simple questions like that, but we can often skip over those because we feel maybe like we're prying too much. Um, uh, and, and maybe it's, it's, a uh, yeah, we feel like we're pushing the issue and that we might turn this person away. And of course that's possible. Um, but I think more likely when people are showing up to things, um, they want to connect, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially if they're tr- showing up to a church event, mm-hmm. um, it's probably because they want to be able to connect with, with God and with other people who are also searching for him. Right. So give them the opportunity to to show that they want that connection by you taking the first step. Right. I'm seeing a connection between building rapport and surveying, and maybe even I'm going to jump ahead to the third skill of zooming in, mm-hmm. where building rapport is the skill of building trust and allowing for connection to occur so that surveying can happen in a natural and meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't know somebody, my surveying is going to be very surface level. But as I get to know someone, the surveying can be a little bit more deep in the questions that I ask. So if I don't know someone, and I'm going to, I might not ask like to the level of like, you know, how did that talk? Or how did this person, you know, move your heart, as an example. Uh, But maybe it is appropriate. And I think the level of surveying is tied to the level of rapport and trust that we have. You kind of just stay at that level um, because you've built the trust in, in advance. And so you, you're surveying. And I'm thinking as well, the visual of, you know, because I love to hike and climb mountains. It's like, well, I'm surveying the land. So I'm kind of looking around and I'm just trying to see what else is going on. What else is going on in that person's life? What is it that they said about the particular reason why we're together, whether it's at a parish event or a small group or whatever it is. But I'm kind of just staying at the level that the rapport that I've built uh, allows me to stay at. And then always kind of tipping your toe into the water to see how much further will you let me go. Right. Right. Because we don't want to assume this person doesn't want to go forward. I think that's one of the ways we hamstring ourselves in evangelization is that we, we get timid uh, because we're afraid of offending someone. And I'm not saying now just go out guns ablaze and, and just say whatever you want to say. But in, in that moment where you can see I've got maybe this much trust but can I take one little baby step beyond that and see what happens? And maybe the conversation just really kind of cuts off at that point. You know, okay, I've gone as far as I can go at this point. But if you don't take that little risk, um, you probably won't ever discover how far you actually could take that conversation. And in many cases, people are more likely 
to be willing to, to take that little step forward in the conversation, maybe even more than you're willing to ask them to take that next step. So when I'm thinking about that new person coming to the event, I think, you know, asking them a question about the talk you just heard is a great way to see how far they'll go. And they might just go, it was great. And then you can just, you know, well, what did you find great about? Was there one thing that stood out to you? That's not that um, invasive a question to ask, but it can be very illuminating if they actually answer it. Um, and that then, and this is where the skill works, right? As you said, they, they start to flow together because that's kind of the, you've moved from building rapport to survey. Now you've kind of asked them a more pointed question um, to help you understand them better, not just to kind of built a, a relationship footing, but now you've started to, to kind of push in a, in a little bit, and push is probably the wrong word, put a toe into the water. Uh, and, and then you see, so the person, so it might be, you know, that your, your talk was on, um, you know, where's God in hard times that happened at your parish? And you say, yeah, what did you think about the talk? And first, oh, yeah, it was, it was good. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you, you liked it. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Um, that's really open-ended. They could say, oh, yeah, a couple things, and then just not say anything. Or they might go, yeah, you know, there was this one thing the speaker said, and, and, and it really struck me, and he said, you know, this about suffering, and, and like, oh, okay, well, how come, what, what, what about that really stood out to you? And what you can see there is it's just a lot of questions, right? You just, you ask a question and you ask another question and you just see how far you can go in asking questions. Because whenever, when you ask a question, they, they have the option whether or not they want to answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Because then the, the level of their comfortability in terms of being able to share, um, like you're going to find that through the feedback loop of their response. Mm -hmm. So if you do ask a question that might feel a little bit risky, dangerous, like kind of go in there uh, with someone to, you know, that might really strike a chord, uh, their response is going to tell you how far they want to have that conversation. And so, yeah, you're, I guess you're constantly, you know, sort of walking that line a little bit, always in charity and yes. always with the greatest amount of respect for uh, the person that you're speaking to. They're not projects. You're not trying to like, you know, break open their heart and, yeah. you know, and lead them to Jesus in this sort of forceful manner. You actually reminded me of a conversation that I had with a couple of friends that I hadn't seen in a while. We got together and uh, we just started talking about life. And part of that conversation started to lead towards some heartfelt, more meaningful conversations. And, um, what I realized was for these individuals, uh, um, and they were self-admitting of this, that they didn't have too many opportunities to kind of speak at that level. And it wasn't that they didn't want to speak uh, more intimately and more from the heart. It's just that they didn't do it often enough that they felt comfortable having those conversations. Mm -hmm. So I think when we are building rapport, surveying, asking all these questions, uh, missionary disciple skill is kind of understanding and balancing that line of you know, so when you're surveying, you're asking hard questions, heart, not hard, yeah. but sometimes they're both yeah. hard and heart. And their response to you is the feedback loop. And their response could be one of, um, you know, a habitual response that is surface level, but sometimes they might just not be um, uh, well-versed and comfortable, uh, but wanting to open a little bit more of a conversation because yeah, like we know our hearts are always longing for, for fulfillment and, um, and are wanting to, uh, to find where that can come from. And we know 
as in a you know generic truth we know it it lands in jesus it, we find full full truth and meaning in, in jesus so let's jump right into that third skill mm-hmm. zoom in like what does that mean like what are we zooming into yeah so as you're surveying what you're asking the lord to show you is like in in your internal silent prayer that's going on is you're you're invoking the holy spirit in this conversation while still being attentive to this person, but just saying, like, Holy Spirit, be with me. Holy Spirit, show me what I need to see here. Um, And you're looking for, uh, as you're surveying and kind of asking these questions, is there something that really seems to resonate with this person? Um, Something where maybe they perk up or they answer more than just a couple words, or, you know, they just, there's something that's there that kind of triggers for you. It says, I feel like this might be able to go deeper. and this is where you have the opportunity to be able to zoom in. And you're also doing this, again, in consultation with the Holy Spirit in the moment, because maybe it's not even so much what they said, but something jumps out to you. And you're like, okay, I need to, I need to push in on this a little bit or, or zoom in on this. And, and it's, it's kind of just that idea of like, let's focus on something. Um, so it's, it's you know, thinking of zooming in kind of like a camera lens, like, okay, we're going to like zoom in on this particular thing. Let's take a look and see if this is an area where we can go deeper. Um, and again, it's, it's the kind of just toe in the water, testing it out to see, will this person keep going down that road or is, am I going to hit a wall? And that's as far as it'll go. And we don't push past their walls, uh, because they, they're only willing to go as far as they're willing to go. But if we don't ask, we won't find out where the wall is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ask and so we, and then we can start to zoom in. So that's, so if I go back to like, okay, there's this talk on suffering and, and you've asked like, oh, like. Yeah, what stood out to you? And this person says, yeah, there was this one particular thing. So now it's just that opportunity to just keep asking questions. Oh, so why did that stand out to you? And they say, oh, it's because actually it kind of related to this thing that happened in my life recently. Oh, that, that, that sounds like it was a really hard thing. Like, um, they, I would love to understand a little bit more about how that, like what that was like for you or yeah, I, do you, I, how do you see that talk tying in? And then maybe that person keeps going. So like you just, and then it allows you to just kind of keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's this, this zooming in effect as, as you, you take the conversation deeper. And this is the intentionality aspect of, of your, our accompaniment, right? Is that we're not just asking them a question and then just seeing what happens and then ask another question, but they're not related. We know, okay, I want to help this person move one step closer to Jesus. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to be with me, which is really the prophetic element of this. And to speak to me, like, what do I need to know? What do I need to hear? And even what do I need to say uh, in response? Or perhaps even better, what's the next question I should ask so that this person can continue to kind of unveil the things that, that are happening in their lives and maybe even then unveil what the Lord is up to. And now that gives you the in. And as we zoom in, that might be now where you can start to see, well, what will the next step be that I can help this person take? Ah, they're, they're struggling with with suffering and and there's actually been a really hard thing well maybe there's a a group i can connect them with that that works with that or i can see they're struggling but they don't seem to know that jesus would be there with them so maybe this is a great opportunity to invite this person to alpha or to discovery so that they can meet the one who will walk with them through this hard time in their life yeah yeah i find this particular skill zooming in uh quite challenging because it it feels even more risky than mm-hmm. the survey questions cuz now you're you're going to start focusing in on something that was said and it doesn't always have to be like a pain that someone kind of brought up oh, yeah. it could be uh something that like sparked joy for them that just seems like okay wow like hey what do you mean by that or what was it that you know that brought you joy in that moment 
but then I think like, and maybe this is just my own personality. It's like, if something comes up, it stands out. Um, and in particular, if it's like a, a challenge or an issue that they're, they're facing, I'm going to immediately want to try to solve it for them. Like, oh, and, and sometimes like the way I want to solve it is, oh, here's a book. Right. Or, uh, oh, you should go to that talk. Or like, oh, I know about this guy who's going to, you know, who, who dealt with that. You go talk to them. And I think what's missing in all of that, is, and this is where prophetic listening for me really kind of is a, is a skill that I, I need to learn, is before I make any recommendations, I have to bring it back to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I have to ask the Holy Spirit, what's my next step? What's your step? What are you doing in all of this? And if something arises in that, in that prayer, then I move towards that. And uh, sometimes it can be the book, but sometimes it's not. And I got to be okay with not. The other thing that, that's coming to mind, and this is, of course, in the context of intentional accompaniment, right? This is kind of like the series of conversations, is that intentional accompaniment is that framework that gives us a little bit of a guide to where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking to people and they're, you know, they're coming up with things, and you know, some things are like relational, where it's like, yeah, I've got a challenge with my son or daughter, or yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to work something out in my marriage or with this friend. And we might want to like try to fix that. And certainly we want to support our friends in those things that we're, we're, we're faced by. But the intentional accompaniment framework just gently reminds us that as missionary disciples, there is somewhere where we want to take them that kind of transcends even like some of our, um, you know, our, our, our earthly relationships in that we are called to be disciples and we are called to mission. And so if we're talking to someone that we know, you know, just through what they've shared with us is not living in relationship with Jesus as a disciple, then our conversation has a little bit of guidance there. You know, Mm -hmm. certainly we can help with and, you know, be a friend to what they're experiencing. In the back of our mind, we're also listening. Okay, where, where in all of this is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Where do you want to break into their lives with your gentle forcefulness? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and how can I help with that? Mm-hmm. How can I help with it? Is it going to be a discovery study or an alpha further down the line? So I love the framework because it, it brings me back to that. Because otherwise, I could find myself like thinking, "Okay, I got to fix this." Not fix. See, this is the, exactly the thing I, you know, yeah. I, I need to stay away from. But yeah, you know, you could kind of get into an issue and think that that's the issue that we need to kind of resolve. When in fact, like, let's lead them to Jesus. Let's mm-hmm. lead them to Jesus and accompany them through all of this. And um, and I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, I've witnessed this. Like, encountering Jesus is 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 life changing absolutely it's life it's so transformative and uh and he changes he heals so many things in an instant so if we think like we we've got something that we could offer to someone that could help them and we're thinking well that's going to take months of connection whatever a moment with jesus Mm -hmm. can heal like you know anyways there is so much power. And we're talking to disciples. I know you know this. So, um, but I just, you know, I want to remind But it bears repeating. Us. Oh, we, we can't say it enough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, uh, intentional accompaniment is leading people to Jesus. And, and even those who have met Jesus uh, can meet him again and mm-hmm. needs to meet him again and encounter him. Because that's, that's really, as we move people through the framework, like the, the closer we get to Jesus... The closer we get to his heart, 
the more we become like him, the more we want what he wants, and he wants us. He mm -hmm. wants his people. Uh, he wants us to make disciples. Okay, I went off on a, a little bit there. Um, still in the context of proclaim evangelization, intentional accompaniment, but we have yeah. one more skill, which is to strengthen. So, That's right. Yeah, tell us about this particular skill. So this is where you're going to speak into the, the scenario, speak into this particular situation. And, and again, reliant on the Holy Spirit, what is a word of encouragement? What is a, a, a next step that I can suggest to this person? What is, um, you know, the, the book or like, what, what is it that I can do to strengthen this person in this moment? Is there a, a, a scripture quote or a, something like that, um, that I can bring to this situation? Because I've, I've built a relationship with this person. I've, tried to, to survey and see like what's going on in this person's life. I've seen a particular area to zoom in and it's borne some fruit that there's this, I've seen something, I've seen an area, as you said, it could be a struggle, it could be a joy, but you see something and now, Lord, what do you want me to, to do in a way? Like what, what's, what's the next step here that I can help suggest for this person? Um, and I think one of the great things about it being the last thing is that Everything else before that is just about you asking questions and listening. It's not, as you're saying, coming in like, I'm going to fix this. You are a project and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what's wrong with you and then fix it. You know, figure out what you don't believe correctly and I'm going to adjust that so that you are in a right orthodoxy with the church. It's not that attitude at all. It's, I want to get to know you. I want to see what the Lord is doing in your life. And then I want the Lord to give me a word of encouragement that I can share with you and, and just to help give you a little bit of strength moving forward from this. It's not going to be the be all end all of like, now you've, you know, strengthened them to the point of never failing again or, or, or fixing them. It's, it's just, okay, Lord, what do you want me to, to share in this moment? So then your conversation is gone from, you know, hi, I'm Michael. Nice to meet you to leaving them with a word of encouragement that actually speaks to their particular circumstances in life and maybe even a particular thing that they have been experiencing, whether joyful, whether it's suffering, whatever it might be. Um, but you're strengthening them to take one more step towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think I've heard you say step many, many times. Mm -hmm. And even as a prayer, part of prophetic listening is what next step or what steps are you taking? What are you doing? What, you know, where do you want us to go? Um, and I'm reminded of this sort of little phrase when it comes to ministry and evangelization that we should be thinking steps and not programs. Mm. And um, certainly a program can be a step. But when we think of steps, it, again, it speaks right into the language of intentional accompaniment, helping people take steps towards Jesus and then towards the missionary uh, discipleship that we're all called to. And so um, when we have an interaction with an individual, whether it's a short conversation or an hour conversation, a small group, whatever it might be, there can be an appropriate step that mm -hmm. we can invite someone into. And I think the invitation is a big part of, um, of, of the language that's really important as well, as well as the action. Invite people to take next steps. And some of those steps can be large steps, riskier steps, but some of them can be small steps. And it can be a small word of encouragement to help them believe something about themselves or to help uh, reveal a truth or to make a big decision in their life. It can be kind of big or small, but steps over programs came to mind as you were talking about the, uh, the strengthening. And I think the, the, for me, the whole idea of steps, as you're talking earlier about how this all relates back into the, our model, 
right? Our kind of hourglass shape. Um, and, and that these have to go together, right? So part of what you're doing is you're trying to figure out where is this person on their journey? Not so that you can like, you know, put a pin on the, you know, the, the, the model on your wall and be like, I know exactly where they are. Like in a way, that's not really the point. But the point is that this should show us the, the trajectory that somebody normally goes on. And every journey is made up of a lot of steps. It's, it's very rare that somebody's conversion comes from one interaction, a first interaction that leads to a massive conversion. And now they're on like the way to sainthood. More often than not, it's going to be little step by little step by little step. And so part of what we're doing with prophetic listening is saying, well, what's the next little step? But not trying to figure it out on our own. Just putting that into the hands of the Lord, saying, Lord, you have a plan. You know the steps you're trying to help this person take. So what do I do? What do you want me to do? I'm here. I'm ready. Yep. Very good. I think we're going to pause there. I know there's so much more that we could talk about when it comes to prophetic listening. And I know many of you in Proclaim have practiced uh, the art of prophetic listening. Uh, You might not use that language, but as we're talking, I'm sure something has resonated with you. As you've grown in discipleship, you've grown uh, into your capacity to hear God and to hear God's direction in your life and the life of others, and you've encouraged them and you've accompanied them. And maybe you've even accompanied people uh, without uh, the language of, um, of prophetic listening, but have just used the skills of surveying, zooming in, and strengthening. So I hope that uh, our conversation has given a little bit of legs to that phrase, uh, prophetic listening, that we've lifted the veil and maybe uh, dispensed of uh, some of the uh, misconceptions of prophetic listening, uh, and that it uh, helps you understand the framework of intentional accompaniment uh, as part of our capacity to proclaim Jesus in our homes and in our communities. Uh, If you want to know more about intentional accompaniment and this model, Michael has a book called Intentional Accompaniment. You can get it at the CCO store, store store.cco.com. I think we have one more episode that we're going to dive into. Uh, So I think that that rounds it out to about six episodes on this series of an intentional accompaniment. And I really do hope that it has been fruitful for you, that you've learned something of uh, your capacity and your ability to be missionary disciples. And so I hope that uh, you enjoyed our podcast and we look forward to hearing from you next episode. Thanks, Michael.